0: Welcome to Read by Example, where teachers are leaders and leaders know literacy. And today I'm talking with Anthony Kim. He is the co-author of The New School Rules, Six Vital Practices for Thriving and, and Responsive Schools. He, along with Alexis Gonzalez-Black, uh, has written a book for Corwin uh, around uh, just be more responsive to today's changes with technology, with with with, with global studies, with with everything just being so fast and a lot of information coming at us that we need to be nimble and adaptive to our environments. Anthony Kim is the, is the founder and CEO of Education Elements, and he has been involved in helping hundreds, hundreds of schools change the way they think about teaching and learning. He's a nationally recognized leader in education technology, school design, and personalized learning. Welcome, Anthony.
1: Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here.
0: And I came across Anthony and Alexis's book. Um, I'm working on my own project with Corwin, and I was really looking for some guidance on how to structure the text and just have it flow, be easy to read. And the editor uh, directed me to the New School Rules, uh, sent me a copy. And I 100% concur with, with that. It's just, it's just a well-structured, well written text. And it's very practical for school leaders. And that just leads into my first question for Anthony. Um, Why did you want to write this book about the new school rules? And and why do teachers and leaders need them?
1: I think a lot of it has to do with kind of my circuitous path to education. I was an architect for a while. I worked in finance. Um, I was in the entertainment industry started a, a few internet bubble type companies. And perhaps like one of the things that I noticed is a lot of a lot of other industries are, you know, people work really hard, but I also noticed like educators work incredibly hard and in, incredibly a, a lot of hours. And one day it just dawned on me that for the amount of hours educators work they're not seeing the same kind of um, outcomes related uh, results that folks in other industries are getting and we at education elements one of the things that we also did was we had an annual conference and as part of the annual conference we started taking people to companies because we're like hey a lot of times educators don't get a chance to go see what other work environments looked like, and that part was also eye opening to let them see how p- other organizations work and all of this kind of came together to thinking well maybe maybe there's a different way we should be working in education that allows us to get more done for the same amount of time and and that was the genesis of the book
0: i I don't think you're going to find any disagreement from educators regarding the amount of time, especially nowadays with trying to prepare. Uh, online instruction while still uh, considering the physical space so and and i'm thinking back to what you just said and just thinking back to the book of uh, designing environments for responsiveness and and that's what this book is really about is is the how of the work kind of the process which i think you are describing is is how to work maybe smarter and not so hard and getting those outcomes that we want to see which is student learning
1: Yeah. And I think also in maybe in one of the books, I talk a little bit about even the arguments that people have around what word to use. Like you could easily argue about whether competency or proficiency or standard is the right word for like an hour with 30 people.
0: Yep. And I I would
1: say that that's not normal. Like that doesn't (laughs) happen in other industries. (laughs) That's not academic.
0: Yeah. We don't have a common language, you're absolutely right on on many things.
1: Um, I remember, you know, like if you talk about like cloud computing, in other industries you just get what that means, right? And it's like, you know, I remember when that first came up in in school systems, how hard it was for people to conceptually understand that. And then Mm -hmm. like the definitions, different definitions got spread within different parts of the industry. And that caused more confusion because it was like levels of authority were saying the wrong thing about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's caused some conflict. And, and we still see that today if you're on Twitter and we're talking about, you know, what's the best practices for reading. Even best practices can get controversial because everyone's interpretation of that is, is slightly different. Yeah, um, Education is very complex. and um, And that's, again, I guess what I appreciate about your book again is just the way your rules are presented it just can you speak to maybe one that you think helps educators get some clarity on some of these ideas and concepts yeah i
1: would say um i think i think one of the popular ones is decision making uh, aim for safe enough to try versus consensus building hmm And you could imagine that sometimes like the way a project might get kicked off in a school system, you know, you bring in all of the stakeholders and I've been in meetings where like there are 120 stakeholders, right? And to move a significant project along, like the one that many of us are dealing with right now and thinking through how to open up a school, um, there is this notion that you got to get consensus and what districts are experiencing right now is the challenge of getting consensus because especially right now, like you're not going to satisfy everybody and someone's going to get mad on any decision because there's so many constraints that we're operating under. And so we have to determine what's safe enough to try. And people say, well, you know, the lives are at risk in this situation. Is it like safe enough? No, it's like safe enough to try means that there are certain assumptions that you could work off of that you're going to start making decisions. It doesn't mean that like it's whimsical decision-making. Right. And so, you know, for me, if I were trying to open up a school, I would just say like, it's safe enough to try for us to start building plans around a prioritization towards safety and health safety um and so that's how i'm going to design my plans as opposed to trying to get everyone to agree that that should be the priority
0: i'm glad you brought that up i, I used your exact words um and i p- applied some of these ideas in the spring when we were meeting remotely with staff and and that was one of the things that i said and is uh what's safe enough to try right now right um because we wanted to talk about bringing in new learning we wanted we knew this was going to be going on longer than we had hoped And so what can we try that's safe that uh, such as having a zoom conversation or trying breakout rooms and, and having those conversations. And you can just kind of tell the stress levels went down a little bit uh, with the teachers once we use that language.
1: Yeah. And what the other thing that often happens and, and we're experiencing this across the country is whenever people have an idea, oftentimes with best intentions we all feel like it's our obligation to provide feedback and the typically the feedback is information around all of the reasons why we can't do something and safe enough to try is also a way to just say like let's focus on how we can do something versus why we can't
0: yeah sounds like a great starting point i think it would my it would hopefully alleviate some pretty contentious uh, conversations right now, especially at the upper leadership level. Just thinking about more about your ideas too and and how they might be applicable to today's situation. Um, One that I bookmarked um, quite a bit within that chapter is is on decision-making, but just having like a team protocol, um, structuring our conversations. So that's one thing I did with our staff and I used your protocol was uh, to check in with the staff to begin with, and then the checkout um, at the end, and just those little things. Just it felt like people were being recognized and affirmed, um, and yeah, the, the the book has a lot of simple ideas that you can do that what that can have a a larger impact.
1: Yeah, and along those lines, I think that a lot of times people walk into meetings and you see a list of agenda items. And oftentimes we don't know what set of like norms or operating procedures or rules you're walking into when you walk into a meeting. And also you don't know what kinds of decisions need to be made. And so another layer to effective meetings that we've talked about is just when you have an agenda item, tell people if you're seeking advice, seeking consensus, uh, sharing information, like you already made the decision. There's different types of things that are happening. So a lot of times, like you might have experienced, you someone walks into the meeting and they say, well, you know, we're going to go and do buy iPads for everybody. And then you already made that decision, but people are spending the next 45 minutes chiming in on their thoughts around it. And you're just sharing information, but they thought it was consensus. And that's where the disconnect is in terms of you know working effectiveness
0: clarity seems so important right now and you also talk about collaborating with a purpose that you know following i think what you're saying here is is being clear about your intention for a meeting but also knowing when not necessary to meet Um, or maybe it's just through through an email Um, so not just having team meetings to have team meetings but actually have a purpose and kind of a goal by the end of of your time together
1: yeah exactly and i also get so excited you know it's really exciting for me when meetings end early and we try not to like make it the full hour Mm -hmm. and sometimes i notice like people tend to do that where like you're like hey we're done in 45 minutes but it feels really strange so i'm gonna try to just talk for another 15 minutes
0: yeah and and it's one thing we don't need it right now is more uh Zoom time, or you know, when we're spending time away from preparing for for good instruction and 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 leading schools. Yeah, I, I'm thinking about coming into my own school year. I'm really going to try to focus on teams versus trying to just connect with each teacher. I'll still do that, but I really want to focus on teams. And um, one quote I took from your book is just there's no more important trust building activity than achieving success together. And what might success look like? I know these are unprecedented times, but what would be a win that teams could look toward as they prepare for blended or online or whatever um, the plan may be?
1: So I I think sometimes, um, And I I know you, you were a coach, uh, a sports athletic coach and winning is one thing, right? Like achieving the goal is one thing, Mm -hmm. but also there are times where success is just some of the plays that you designed got executed well and it, it got, you got the result that you needed for the next game. Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes our, vision for success is often short-sighted by the actual game and not the season. Mm. And so I would aim towards like getting your team around the season or the school year and figure out what are the plays that you want to get really good at as a team and then work on those plays so that Mm -hmm. success is really around getting those plays right And if you could get those plays right, then maybe you could have a great season. But if you don't get those plays right, then kind of winning those goals or those games, uh, that's kind of arbitrary.
0: Mm -hmm. You're really looking smaller is what you're describing in terms of where to find those successes.
1: Yeah, it's looking smaller for the successes, having a bigger goal than just opening day too. Mm Mm-hmm. No,
0: that's helpful. It, it, that that'll, as well can connect well with um, what is safe enough to try. And So uh, the book is The New School Rules, Six Vital Practices for Thriving and Responsive Schools by Anthony Kim, my guest today, and his co-author Alexis Gonzalez-Black. Um, I have read the book. I am going to keep going over it as I prepare for uh, the new school year. And I just want to thank Anthony for joining me today. Thanks
1: so much, Matt. It was uh, really fun chatting with you about this and good luck opening schools this
0: fall. Thank you. <laughs> take care. All right. Take care.